so good. Grab a seat. Good morning. It is, I'm feeling revved up and ready to be in church this morning. Um, is, is anyone else revved up, ready to be in church this morning? It's a good Sunday. Um, if we haven't met, my name's Riley. Um, as John mentioned, I normally spend most of my time up in Merora. Mer- Mer- I spend my time there, but I can't say it. Um, spend my t- time up in Merowa, and uh, John kindly pointed out that I live in Heathridge too, so uh, yeah, you know, come hang out at my house, it'll be good. Um, but uh, yeah, and so it's, it's awesome to be here this morning as a part of, uh, you know, True North. We are one church, multiple locations, so it's, it's really good to be here. Um, and I'm excited. Uh, there has been a lot going on this week. We've had uh, women's conference, youth conference. We've uh, had baptism. It is just a good Sunday to be in church. Um, and so I'm feeling very, very excited about it. But before we get into it, I just want to pray. Lord, thank you uh, for your love. Thank you for what you have done in each one of our lives. Lord, we, we love you for who you are and we thank you for, for what you do. And God, this morning as we get into the word, we pray, uh, would you speak to each one of us? Uh, even now, would you prepare our hearts for what you would have to say uh, this morning, Lord? Would it not be uh, my words? Would it not be... Uh, uh, put together how just fancy, Lord, but it would just be you speaking to our hearts. Um, That's our prayer this morning. So would you meet with us here in this place? In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, One of the other reasons why I'm feeling revved up this morning um, is because I've got a bit of an adrenaline high. Um, I went for a mountain bike ride yesterday, um, and so I'm I'm feeling revved up. So um, if you know me at all, you know that um, I like to to ride bikes. Um, I don't do it often. Um, My motorbike is currently in pieces. Uh, I broke it, fixed it. Um, it's working, it's just still in pieces, um, so I don't do that. And so, but I love mountain bike riding. Don't own a mountain bike because they're like super, super expensive, but my buddy has two, so he took me riding yesterday, um, and it was awesome. We had, we had some fun. Um, we went out to Dwelling Up, did some jumps, and rode some tracks, and it was awesome. There was a few sketchy moments. I, like, I was scared 98% of the time, so um, I, wasn't, I was basically only not scared in the car on the drive up, but um, it was awesome. It was good. It was like, it was dusting off the cobwebs, and it got me thinking a little bit back to the times when I used to um, race motocross, and so in, in high school, um, my, uh, I got the opportunity to ride motorbikes, to race, um, and it was a lot of fun, um, but in this yesterday, in all the fear of, you know, um, basically just going down the hill as fast as I possibly can and just praying the whole time, um, I was thinking back to when I started, uh, the, it, the fear kind of got me thinking back to the, when I started riding motorbikes. And um, when, you start, when I started riding motorbikes, I was, I, was, I was younger, but when I started racing, I was about 12, 13, I was in high school, and I started on the big bikes. So normally when you grow up, you ride small bikes and you progress to the big bikes. And it was like, well... Dad was like, you know, why would I buy you the smaller bikes to progress when you can just have one big bike? Like, that's what we'll do. So the highest class you can race in juniors, uh, the highest bike is 250, so it's the, it's the biggest one. And so I remember I was getting, I was pretty new. I was pretty new to the sport. I was, and um, a part of it, um, you know, at Man Camp, we have this place we go to, is Turner Ranch. This is, um, this is my parents' place. If you've been there, it's awesome. You would have seen there's a motocross track on that farm. Um, and so uh, back before it looked like it did, it, it's uh, 
this was when everything started out. Dad was like, you know, practice. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna learn. We're gonna get good. You know, um, we're gonna have some good practice. So we built me, uh, built us, and for anybody who comes out, a track just to have some fun. Um, but what he built on there uh, right at the start was these things called quads. Um, and a quad is not like the quad motorbike. It's four jumps. It's four pieces of dirt. Each piece of dirt has an up ramp and a down ramp to it. So it's like this. So you can. So it's, does that kind of make sense? And so this is advanced level kind of motorbike riding. And it's like, how do you get quick? You just ride the good stuff, you know. And so he. Uh, the idea is you can kind of do a couple different things. You can either ride over the first one and try and jump the last three. You can jump two and two. You could do three and then one. You're like, it's, it's got a bunch of different options. Does that make sense? Um, and so I'm new at this point in my riding of bikes. Being in the air and jumping jumps is like pretty fresh on my radar. Um, and, but I'm like, yeah, let's, let's give it a go. And this guy had come up the weekend before. This guy was like a proper great motorbike rider. And I remember um, him doing the jumps and me thinking to myself, uh, me having a conversation to him and being like, I reckon I can do that. <laughs> like, he's kind of telling me what he did. He's, he, he, he did whatever combination he wanted, but he's talking to me. He's like, yeah, kind of just rolled to try out. You just roll the first two and jump the last two. And I'm like, I'm learning. I'm listening to him. I was like, yeah, I reckon I can do that. 12-year-old Riley was very confident. <laughs> I'm thinking, I can do that too. And uh, so the, the next day, we're up there, and I'm like, Dad, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it today. Let's do it. Um, so me and Dad, we're talking it through. Here's what you've got to do, kind of getting my mind wrapped around it. And I knew exactly what I needed to do, but there is a big difference between knowing what I've got to do and actually doing it, actually stepping out. You know, one, it takes the confidence, and two, it takes the practicality of actually doing it. And so what, what ended up happening is Dad and I, we've been talking about it, and um, it ends up, we end up getting a crowd. We had a bunch of people out there. We got a crowd around. Um, and so I... Uh, the, goal, the idea was roll the first two and jump the last one. And so pretty simple, right? I know what i got to do, but I actually just got to do it. Um, so I tried once and kind of just didn't really jump very far, kind of got an idea. So I was like, the next time, round two, we're going to do it. So I roll the first one, roll the second one, and as I'm coming down the second one, the idea... You know, the, the, the math to it is just give it everything. So just full stick, as hard as you can. And I remember going down, I'm like, I got this, giving it everything. The back wheel's sliding everywhere. I go up the jump. I'm in the air. I'm coming down. The down ramp is kind of over there, and I just came down smack bang on the back of the down ramp. I come down, hit my face on the handlebars, and from this point, I'm unconscious. I, the suspension and the momentum bounces me over the top of the jump. I'm in the air. I'm going to stay as high as the roof. No, I'm joking. I'm in the air. I don't know how high. Come down, sack of potatoes, hit the ground. I'm out for a little while. Um, I wake up. I, I, it was, I think it was Sunday. I thought it was Friday. Like, it was, it was this hectic moment, and uh, I, I, was, I hurt my body. But it, it ended up, I was, I was okay, as you can see, still walking, still good. Um, but it, it got me thinking about how often... How often in life, how often in different moments, there's this idea of, I know what I've got to do. I know what I need to do to get to here, but actually doing it and actually getting there is a whole other matter of its own. Does that make sense? Have we ever had moments in our life where I'm like, where you're like, I know, I know what I've got to do, 
but actually just doing it. That's, that's another thing. I don't know, you know, you can think of different things. You know, John with the dishes, he's been talking about it this morning. He's like, he knows what he's got to do, but actually doing it is another thing. Stuff around the house, stuff, conflicts, different things in our life. There's, there's moments that we find in our life where we know what we got to do, but actually doing it, getting there, is another thing. Um, I want to open the word this morning. Um, I'm going to jump into Luke uh, chapter 14, verses 15. Um, and this is the story, this is the parable of the, the great banquet. And Jesus has been um, sitting with a bunch of Pharisees at this moment. Um, and he's been teaching them some stuff. And uh, he, he's, been, he's been talking to them about how to host parties, how to, you know, who to invite different things like that. And so I recommend reading before this as well. I'm going to jump in at verse 15. It says this, When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. Um, now this is a parable of the banquet. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. And, and what's, what's really important when we see this is that when so often when Jesus is talking about what the kingdom of God is like, he talks about the banquet, the wedding banquet, the, the supper, the great supper. He's talking about um, what, what best kind of for us to understand it is just like the best party you could ever comprehend. It's, you know, the, the best people in God's presence. It's, it's celebration. It's this party in heaven, the greatest thing that we could ever imagine. Um, of, of God's people coming together in God's presence. It's a, it's a banquet. It's a, it's a wedding. It's like a, like a wedding feast, wedding banquet. Um, and so Jesus, a certain man said, or a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. Um, at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But when they all alike began to make excuses, the first said, I've just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought uh, five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servants, go out quickly into the streets um, and alleys and go uh, alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the field, go out to the roads and the country country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I'll tell you that not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. At the end there, he's kind of talking about, you know, there's this, he is he, preparing a banquet, he's preparing a party in the kingdom of God. And this last line, it, it seems super harsh, but it's like, those that were invited, those that are invited, it is a choice whether or not you come or not to this banquet. Um, but when I read this story, when I read this parable, I resonate with the servant. I resonate with the, what the servants got to do. Because this, uh, this parable is a picture 
of the call of the church. Um, God's people, as, as God's people, this parable is saying that we are that servant, that we hold the invitation to the great banquet. We hold that. That's something that, that we have, that we've been, we've been invited, we've accepted, but we are called as the church, um, and the church being the people who follow God, the people who have said, I'm put my faith in God. I'm a follower of God. That is the call um, of action, the commissioning of God's people to say, all right, we go and we share this invite with people. That's the call of the church. Now, if you're here this morning um, and you're like, I, I've, somebody's, I'm just new to this um, faith, new to exploring, new to looking at it, somebody's brought me in. My encouragement to you is to, to reflect on the story of the banquet and that, that there is an invitation for yourself that God wants to, uh, wants to invite you into. But this morning, I want to, just, I want to speak to anybody, uh, for, for any of us that have put our faith in God, um, put our faith uh, in and life and said, this is what I believe, this is who I believe in, this is the call of the church, that we're called to go out and, and spread that invitation. Does that make sense? And what I love about it is it says the poor, the crippled, the lame. This is a picture Jesus said in his ministry. He said, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. It's that this picture that nobody is, is not invited to this party. Everybody's invited to this party, to this banquet, that everybody's invited into the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter where they've been, what they've done, what their life looks like, any, any part of their life, the, the poor, the lame, the sick, these were the, the lower of society. They were kind of pushed aside, not thought about, not um, seen as valuable. But the host says, all right, go get those people. And it shows to us that the call of the church is to go and find everyone, to get everyone. And we hold this invitation to the greatest, uh, the, to the greatest party ever. It's the place that we, the kingdom of God, is the place that we're created to be in relationship with God as God's people. So we hold this invitation. But then when we think about it practically and we think about, all right, cool, we, we as the church, we're called to go and, and share this invitation with people. We're called to take that out. That's, that's not easy. That's actually not, that's a lot easier said than done. That sounds good. We kind of know what that, that call is, but in reality, it's, it's hard. I imagine being the servant. I put myself in the servant's shoe. This is why I resonate with them because I'm like, all right, they've gone out. They've been rejected by uh, some people and then they're going out and the host has said to them, go invite, uh, go invite these people. Imagine being them. They're thinking, all right, we need to go invite people who weren't originally invited to this thing, people who are, I'm going to get there and they're going to be like, this this bank what? Like, what is that? What, what are you talking about? You, you can imagine before they head out, that they might be thinking, oh my goodness, this is, this is scary. This is, I don't know. And I picture a, uh, the servant coming up to, to somebody sitting in the street being like, hey, um, so um, yeah, there's kind of this party and I, I want to invite you to it. And this servant's sitting there going, this, what party? I, I, I'm not invited to a party. I'm not the person that, I'm not that person. I, I don't know what you're talking about. And the servant's like, no, I know that you don't know about this party. I know that like there's this thing going on that I'm here to invite you to that you don't know about. And, but I'm trying to tell you that it's this awesome. It's better than sitting here on the street. 
I resonate with the servant because it's what it looks like for us as people. If we want to go out and share the invitation, it can be awkward. It can be hard and it can be scary to say, hey, there is something that I want to invite you to that I believe is going to be amazing for you that I believe it's going to change everything about your life, that I believe that it's going to be empowering and amazing and, and it's, better than, it's better than not being at this party. Trust me that, but you come up to people. I resonate with it because it's like, I, I get, I get it. I get it that it's like, it doesn't make sense to be invited because it's hard and it's scary and they might get rejected. But what I love about this parable and what it speaks to us today when we're thinking about what it looks like to, to be people who, who invite, to be people who are inviting people into this party, into the kingdom of God, into relationship with God's people, into the community. When we think about, when we think about that, what I love about this parable is that the, the call to invite doesn't change because of the response. It only gets bigger. First, the servants go out and they get absolutely rejected with some, some poor excuses. You wouldn't buy a piece of land and not check it out first. You wouldn't buy, you wouldn't have bought the oxen and not checked them out first. They're, they're poor excuses. So they go out and they come back. They've been rejected. It's awkward. But then the host doesn't go, all right, cool. Party's cancelled because these people said no. The host goes, all right, cool. Go invite more people. Go invite more. There is more people to invite. Go out into the street corners, invite them in. They come back and they're like, the house still isn't full. And the host is like, all right, keep going. Keep inviting. There is more to invite. The call doesn't change because of the response. It only gets bigger and it's because there's always a seat at the table. There is always more. Sometimes we think when we, when we, as a person of faith, it's like, uh, I've, I've invited people before and I've been rejected. Or I've invited people to, to different things that we're doing and different events or uh, to, to, to talk about faith. And, you know, it's scary. They've, they've shut me down. Or I've done my part. I, I've brought some people to church before and it's been awesome. Or uh, we just, you know, like, I, I don't know anyone else that I could invite. It's, it's too hard. Who else? Everyone I know is at church. But what this parable shows us, what the story shows us, is that there is always a seat at the table. There is always room in the kingdom of God. Now we're called to fill the house. See, the house is never full, and we are God's plan to spread the invite. We are God's people uh, called to share and fill the house. No matter the response, we need to keep going. So that, that kind of... Sometimes we can approach this and we think, yeah, that, that, that sounds cool. I understand what you know, God is calling us to do. I understand what the thing is, but actually doing it is another matter of its own. I understand, yeah, all right, God, as a believer of God, I am called to share this invitation with the rest of the world. But in reality, that's, that's pretty hard. That's, that, it's kind of scary sometimes. I remember when I was doing that jump, um, it sounded way easier than it was, obviously. I remember thinking, I can do this. It, it's all good. I'm going to do it. And there, there, was, there, was, there was high fear. I, I, was, I was pretty scared to do it. 
I literally did a jump yesterday and I told my mate after, I was like, I was so scared. The fear almost stopped me. Some of you probably sitting there going, it probably should have stopped you. (laughs) The fear almost stopped me. But what I can do now on a bike versus what I could do then through some hard moments and some scary moments is far greater than what I could have done then. It took me getting uncomfortable on a motorbike, doing some things that stretched me, looking and and trying some things that I hadn't done before to to be able to do what I can do now. Far better than what I could do back then. If if the jumps were still there, they're not there anymore, I'd be able to do them. It'd be easy. It wouldn't be a second thought, but it took getting uncomfortable and stretching and putting myself out there to do it to be able to do it. And so just like this, I think the biggest thing that stops us from from living lives of invitation to to sharing this invite with the world is fear. It can be hard and scary to be like, hey, I want to tell you, I want to tell you, I want to invite you to church. I want to tell you about my faith. I want to invite you to to this. I want to invite you to whatever's going on. It, It can be hard. It can be scary. But I can promise you one thing. You're not going to get hit in the face with handlebars and get knocked out. <laughs> like, you're going to be okay. But just like that story, we know what we've got to do. we just got to go for it. we just got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. we just got to get, uh, we just got to get into a space where like, I know uh, what I want to do, and I just, got to, I just got to do it. But what I love in this parable, and what I believe it does, is it gives us a good picture of how to start. It's not just a, a story that says this is what's going on and um, go do that. It actually, it actually speaks um, with an instruction. See, the parable actually shows us the heart of God. It shows us that there is no one too low to be invited in. There is nobody who's been disqualified from that invitation. That each one of us, every person that we meet is invited into the kingdom of God, invited into relationship with God. doesn't matter our past. He just desperately wants his people there. He just desperately wants his people in relationship and community with him. It shows us that there's always a seat at the table. So, this, so what this parable does is it gives us a picture of God's heart And the servant knew the heart of the host and goes out. The servant can go out into the street corners doing what the the host had said because the servant knew the heart of the host. When we think about how we can live lives of invitation, when when we try to bridge that gap from knowing what we've got to do to actually doing it, we need to align our hearts with God's heart. We actually need to see people how God sees people. That when we start to, to, to picture people how God sees them as invited guests into the kingdom of God, when we um, shift our focus from this practical nature of going and inviting and the call of the church and focus on seeing people how God sees them as invited guests into the greatest party anyone could comprehend, greater than anything this world has to offer, then the task doesn't seem so big because we just see people how God sees them. 
Not as somebody that I'm like, I want to get you from here to here. I'm not saying I want to, all right, if I, my, my, my goal is like, all right, I want to get as many people into church. But when we see people as invited guests into the kingdom of God, loved by their heavenly Father, that we actually know that we hold the invitation to say, hey, there is a God who loves you, wants to have a relationship with you, wants to know you, changes how we see people. Stops us, the things that stop us from sharing the invite, rejection, awkwardness, you know, the fear of it all, the, the shame of being like putting ourselves out there, the stigma that surrounds, uh, that, that might, you, you know, might be, you might be afraid, the stigma that surrounds a church or anything like that, or the worry that you might have, they no longer play a role in how we live lives of invitation because we see people as invited guests to the kingdom of God when we align our heart with God's heart. And we don't, we're not preparing the, the banquet. We're, we're just the invitation. So my heart this morning is just to give us two encouragements of how we can become people who live lives of invitation, who people who, who we live a life that goes, I want to fill the house. The host at the end, he says, the house Go out, outside the city, compel them to come in so my house will be full. The house isn't full. We want to be people who fill the house. So two things that I want to give us as, uh, as some tools to, to do that. And the first one is this, is uh, obviously, we, I just mentioned it, aligning our hearts. This is a choice to pursue God. The, the greatest commandment that uh, that that we're given, that all the laws summed up, says love God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind and love people as yourself. The reality of that is that when we love God with all of who we are, with every part of us, our heart, our mind, our soul, we, that actually in turn dictates how we love people. Through that is how we love people and through that is how we see people. The best inviters, the best people who bring people in and say, hey, I want to tell you, I want to invite you to this, I want to tell you about this, or I want to share this with you. The best people that I've ever seen that do that and live that out are people who just genuinely love people the way that God loves people. So we pursue God, and it's a pursuit in prayer. A prayer that I pray for my, myself often is just, I say, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. God, help me to see people how you see them. It sounds like an overly simple prayer to pray, but honestly, I, I believe it's a powerful prayer. It's just say, God, help me to align my heart with your heart. Help me to see how you see. And it's to pursue God's heart uh, in the Word, I think. When we, when, we look, uh, when we look at the Bible, when we look at the story of God, we see God's heart. But sometimes when I read the Gospels, I see what Jesus has done. I see all the cool things, the miracles and the things that he's done. And I, I get caught up in them being cool moments and miracles and cool things. But sometimes I forget that this is just God loving people. When we read, we can, I want to encourage us that when we read, we, we draw out the heart of God for people. So that aligning our hearts with God is one way that we just 
learn to, to live lives of invitation. We, we see what God wants us to be doing. Um, and the second one is just start. Just start. There's this gap between uh, going from this is what I want to do and this is what I got to do and actually doing it. Quite often when it comes to doing something new on a, on a bike for myself, I literally just go three, two, one, commit, and whatever happens, happens. Because I'm like, if I just keep thinking about it, if I just keep mulling it over, if I get too caught up in it, I'll never do it. I'll overthink it. I'll get stuck. I just got to start. I just got to do it. We just start. And one way that we do this as a church um, is Alpha. Alpha is amazing. I love being a part of Alpha as a church. And uh, Alpha is a space uh, where we create a great environment, a chance to have community with people, share a meal, uh, talk about life and faith and in a non-confronting space. And it's for absolutely anybody. It's a space that where if somebody's like, I want to explore faith and I'm new to it, I've never had a faith before, I've got a different faith, anything like that, that's what Alpha is and is for. Um, and what I love about it is as a church, we've committed to doing this consistently every term because we believe in the power of creating space and seeing people how God sees them and inviting them in to say, hey, come and explore this. Come and check it out. It's amazing. And it gives us a consistent space to be thinking, who am I inviting? Who am I, uh, I going to bring into this space? It keeps it on our radar. And so we've got Alpha coming up. This Thursday night, we have a launch party. Alpha always starts with a party. Woo-woo! Who doesn't love a party? Two things I love. Bikes and parties. And Jesus and my family and other things too. Um, it starts as a party. The party is this awesome way. When we think about... Uh, when we think about getting caught up and we think about like, oh my goodness, it's, it can be scary, it can be hard. We, when we think, all right, I'm just going to start. Alpha is the easiest thing to invite somebody to. Say, hey, there's a party. Do you want to come? It's a party. You get an opportunity to hear what Alpha is about at the party. Um, if you want to come back, you come back. If you don't, you don't. That's okay. That's what Alpha is. It's just this great space. So when we think, just start. I want to encourage this church. Who this week could we think in about inviting. Invite absolutely anyone. Come down to a party. And, um, and I would say, come yourself. What, what, one thing that I, I, I really believe that when we're inviting somebody to Alpha, there's two ways that we could do it. We can say, I'm going to this party, want to come? Or hey, there's this party, do you want to go? And I really believe uh, the language surrounded between, behind, I'm going to this party, want to come, holds so much more than, hey, there's this party, want to go. Um, and so just as a practical encouragement say, to say to people, hey, there's this party I'm going to, do you want to come? And if they don't come, still go. Go enjoy the party. Go be a part of what God is doing in that space because it's a powerful, powerful space. Um, and so church, I want to be, I just want to be revved up. I want to be a person that lives a life of invitation. I want to be a person that says, 
I, uh, I want to be a person that has a heart aligned with God. And that is my encouragement for us all this morning, that we would be people whose hearts are aligned with God and that we don't get caught up between the, I know what I want to do, I know what i got to do, and doing it, and we just start. We just go, all right, let's go. And by no means do I, do I think that we as a church are not good at this. I think we are awesome at this as a church. I think we, uh, we've seen amazing things. We say there's a lot of people here who've come to an Alpha and found faith. There's a lot of people here who've been invited by a friend. And I think that is amazing. But I know for myself, sometimes I get caught up between I know what I want to do and doing it. And so I want this to be an encouragement for us this morning, that we would be a people with hearts aligned with God who go out and we spread this invitation. It's who I want to be. So church, let's get revved up. Let's invite people. I'm going to pray for us as we go into this week. Lord, we thank you that uh, we can be a people who invite, that we are that you hold that there is a party in heaven and that we're invited to it. We thank you that, that there is hope, freedom found in you, in a relationship with you. Lord, and I just pray that as we go out into our weeks, that you would help us to be people that have our hearts aligned with your heart for people. Lord, break our hearts for what breaks you. We know that, uh, that, that, the, that it breaks your heart for somebody not to be in relationship with you. And we just pray, God, would you break our heart for what breaks yours? Would you lead us in our week? Would you show us the people in our lives who we can invite? Lord, we pray for Alpha. Lord, as we are inviting to Alpha, Lord, would we see, uh, would we see a room overflowing with people ready to explore because they've been invited to a party. Lord, we thank You uh, for these things. We pray that You uh, lead us and guide us into our weeks. Help us to be people who see people as invited guests. We thank You, Jesus. We praise You, God. Amen. Amen. I invite you to stand. We're going to continue.